Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Happy Mama Movement podcast. I'm Amy Taylor-Kabaz. I would like to start by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of this land and pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. And as this podcast is dedicated to the wisdom and knowledge of motherhood, I would like to acknowledge the mothers of this land, the elders, their wisdom, their knowing, and my own elders and teachers. everybody to another one of our Mama Q episodes. Today I'm joined by one of our amazing Mamarizing coaching trainers and career coach for mums, Andrea Bombino. Andrea, thank you so much for joining me from the US. I'm in my pajamas on the bottom and a nice top up the top like a newsreader style. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. I am um, I'm one of those psychopaths who works from home but still gets dressed and even puts on real shoes most of the time. So it's um it's a fun play, but I I it's a thing for me that helps me kind of transition from mom life to work life during the day is is physically making the shift in from pajamas to um to well, I'm just wearing a jumpsuit right now, but still it's uh, it's comfy. I'm with you. I usually, I mean, it's 6am. That's why I've only got half of it mm-hmm. done. So, <laughs> I am so the same. I usually have to get dressed for this role because if you're working from home and you're split between mother and work and housework and computer, there does need to be this demarcation, doesn't there, in what we do with our energy and who we are and what we're focused on, which is kind of perfect because the question we have from a mama today is actually all about balancing work and motherhood especially when you have these dreams this vision or you love your job or you really want to pour yourself into it but you also still have little ones so let's listen to the question from Claudia. Great. Hi Amy I wonder if you could talk about how we balance our career dreams with motherhood When we have a vision of what we want to do and we want to put our heart and soul into it, but we also still have little kids and we know this is a special time with them, how do we balance that? Yeah, it's, um, thank you for your question, beautiful. It's something that I think every single one of us listening have asked ourselves, but also um, we hear all the time in our mummerizing training in the conversations you have with mummers because you specifically work directly with career mums. It's, it's a huge internal battle sometimes, this pull between 
the work that we want to do and the mother that we want to be, isn't it, Andrea? Yes, it is such a constant. It's I've been doing this work for a few years and my my daughter's about to turn three, but I literally have been thinking about this since before I became a mother. This question of balance, this question of doing it all in your career, in your personal life, in your family life, and having it all. And we talk about it so often in Mama Rising. And even the women, as they go through the training and then they are building on existing businesses or, or creating new businesses and this constant push and pull of, I have this big dream, or maybe it's what they would consider a small dream, but it's something that they're so passionate about. And it's like, how do I do this? How can I hold space for everything all at once? And the thing that comes up for me is that balance is not this steady one time point. It is a constant give and take. It's a constant reassessment and a demarcation of what what does balance look like on that particular day, in that particular month, in that particular season of motherhood, of your career, of your life, and really holding it lightly and recognizing that it's okay for it to change. And I think, Amy, like one of the first times I, I ever heard something that you spoke about um, years ago, you said something along the lines of like, you know, somewhere along the way, we were told that we could do it all. We could do anything. And at some point that became, let's do it all, all the time, do yes. all of the things. Yes. And while certain aspects of women's lives have gotten easier, like we're no longer collecting flax and putting it in, you know, to, I, I forget the way the flax is made. Clearly <laughs> I don't do this on, on as a hobby. But like, you know, when it's not being put into vats to like sit overnight to then be strong, to be thread, to make our own clothing. Like we've, we've gained a lot of our time back, but we now dedicate that a lot of the times to work outside the home or on side projects or on volunteering or, or just, you know, actually raising our kids, doing that caregiving work, which is on paid labor. And it becomes difficult to say what is the aspect that I value the most or what do I actually want to be doing? Because we are oftentimes listening to these external voices saying the thing that matters is paid work. The thing that matters is climbing the corporate ladder. The thing that matters is doing, doing more, making more money, making an impact on the world. When we forget that at home, we have our own little world there that we are, there's an immense potential to make an impact. And I don't want to hold lightly that we're also hearing things. And I, I've been seeing this on social media a lot over like the last month or so that video that says like, you only have 18 summers with your kids, make the most out of it. It (sighs) drives me crazy because then what's the message that we're telling women with, you know, if you choose anything other than spending all that time with your kids, it's not enough. And also, yeah, you're a bad mother. And I very openly say that at this stage of of my life, like I have had to do a recalibration in the last year of what does matter most to me. And what I realized after moving from Australia back to the US and jumping back into city life, and I had gone full-time in my own business, I felt like, all right, this is what I was supposed to do. This This was the dream. I'd been building something on the side while I worked at LinkedIn and I took it full time. And what I realized is I recreated the corporate machine in my own business. So just like in corporate, how I had been working 
40, certainly 40 plus hours, you know, 50 hours. I was working 60 hours a week in my own business. And I realized like it just wasn't sustainable. And it didn't allow me to show up in the other areas of my life that I wanted to. And so sat down with, with Matt, with my husband and talked about what do we value right now? What's most important? And I said, look, my career is still very much important to me, but so is financial flexibility and and the privilege uh, that comes with a uh, consistent corporate salary. Um, but I still wanted to work with moms and moms that are ambitious and are asking this question about balance. So how can I do both? And for me, it literally needed to be a change of scenery. It mm-hmm. was moving in an hour and a half outside of the city into a space that for me felt more expansive, that for me allowed for going out for runs or hikes in nature to become part of the day-to-day. And that became part of that balance. That became part of the, I needed to feel whole and well from a health perspective, physically, mentally, emotionally, in order for me to be able to show up. I went back into corporate and I do that while also still managing my business, but had to make really clear delineations around what does my business look like? How Mm. do I want to run it? How do I want it to feel? Because Mm. at the end of the day, balance is no good if I'm striving from a from like a a value set that is aspirational. It needs to be what are my true values today, not what do I want them to be five or ten years from now. And that has been such a journey, such a journey. It's so powerful what you share because I think so often, as you said, we have this image of what this is going to look like that we may have set back in our teens. I know I often share the story of if I'm presenting to a workshop or a workplace around matrescence and career change, I often have slides up on the screen of one is of a foreign correspondent that I Um, really admired when I was in my very early 20s. Her name was Sally Sara. She was from South Australia, where I was from at the time, and she was a South African correspondent. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to be like her. And then the other slide I share is of Heather Locklear from Melrose Place. Everybody (laughs) exactly who I'm talking about. And I share in this um, presentation that somewhere along the line I developed this idealized woman in my mind that I was going to be some kind of version of a mixture of Sally Sarah and Heather Locklear and what that represented was a deeply independent fierce woman with shoulder pads and high heels at all times who doesn't need a man who is out there smashing it and changing the world and nowhere in that image did I see a mother a wife Mm a sister, a friend, like it, I, I created this persona without even realising it of what a successful woman looks like. And then when I crash landed into motherhood and assumed on the other side of that I would still be my version of Sally Sarah Heather Locklear and it completely changed me, I didn't know how to come to terms with that change in ambition. And like you, really tried to do a different version of that for, for, for me for much longer than three years. <laughs> um, mm. Really tried to be that version plus this version of the mother that I realised I wanted to be and recreated that level of stress 
recreated that level of burnout, recreated that level of pressure on myself until I had to come to terms with the realisation that maybe Sally Sarah Heather Locklear was not who I wanted to be anymore, but therefore who do I want to be and how do I want to do this? And like you said, it was this letting go of a version of myself. I know for you to move out of the city, there was a letting go of a version of who you thought you'd always be. I'm a city girl, Amy. And realising for me, maybe I don't want to be that foreign correspondent. Maybe it's okay for me to leave the media. There's all of these stages of recalibrating, redefining, assessing who we are and realising that um, maybe that version of our dreams is either not for now or maybe not forever at all anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's where that concept of holding it light, lightly, like recognising like this is a moment in time. And I always go back um, to that wonderful episode of your podcast of you speaking with Deb Poneman talking about how your dharma will wait and that helps to ground me but it's really interesting that you mention um you know the foreign correspondent and Heather Locklear because um I run an eight-week group coaching program for women as they try to redefine who they are in their careers and in motherhood and, and kind of integrate working motherhood And one of the things that came up one night is one of the women said, you know, I always thought that when I grew up, I'd be like um, Kate Hudson and how to lose a guy in 10 days. And it's the same qualities that you talk about, independent, having it all together, having a kick-ass wardrobe. Um, I don't think Kate had any shoulder pads uh, at that time, but, you know, more or less. And then someone else said, you know, I, I also thought something along those lines, but then I, my example of the cost of having that is Meryl Streep's character in The Devil Wears Prada, where she loses her husband and her kids because she values work and her career so much. And it was almost this like cautionary tale. Mm. And at the end of this conversation, and I just got goosebumps, like kind of saying Mm. it, um, at the end of the conversation, one of the women in the group said, well, Andrea, if I'm not superwoman, then who am I? Oh, that actually brings tears because I've asked myself that question so many times over the last 15 years. Oof. And and I here I was thinking, especially after doing Mama Rising, I was like, well, we're breaking up with Superwoman. We're saying no. And it's like, wait, it's really hard to just, it, it's not a tap that you can just turn off. It's not a switch that you just say, okay, I'm done. I've had enough of, of that stage and, and it's over. It's like, it is a part of us. It is part of the the fabric of who we are. And you can't just like pull at it and unravel the entire thing overnight. And also what I realized is like, maybe I don't want to, maybe there are certain aspects of that superwoman that are really good in different parts of my life. Like I love that. I used to think that maybe I was just a control freak. And then I realized, oh, actually, I just have a really high level of excellence for the things that I do. And that mm. means that I give my my whole heart to things that I believe in and that I'm passionate about. And as long as I'm aware of when that scale is tipping over into too much and the balance is out of whack and asking myself like, okay, is this serving me right now? How does this feel? Do I want more of this in my life? Do I want less of this in my life? And one of the greatest lessons in balance that I've learned is 
and I think the quote is attributable to uh, to Banksy, the graffiti artist, is learn to rest, not to quit, right? To be able to really understand when it is a pause or a redirection versus saying no more. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. I mean, as you know, one of my mantras, especially when I was learning this for myself, is when I rest, I rise because Mm -hmm. I really had to completely redefine my relationship with rest and still do. What about this question of impatience around your work? Um, in, in, In realizing you do need to perhaps pause or redefine or uh, readjust things at the moment because you're in the season of little, little ones and you know where you want to go. You still hold this vision. We're not going to do it Heather Lockley or Kate Hudson style, but we still want to get to where we want to go, right? How do you, how have you practiced, because it is a practice, patience with your growing business and your ambition? For me, it's it's patience, but also perspective. It's recognizing that the business will still be there. The need will still be there. Like I would love to wave a magic wand and say that all of a sudden women around the world get the, the postnatal support that they deserve and that they're supported in the workplace and that we have all the same opportunities as everyone else. And, that that, and then that means it would eliminate the need for me. <laughs> it would mm-hmm. eliminate the need for me coaching women and talking to women about navigating paid work and ambitious careers and motherhood. It would eliminate the consulting I do with corporate businesses, talking about this stuff as well, how to have an engaged workforce of parents. I don't think that's going anywhere. And so it's like holding in perspective, like fortunately or unfortunately, this is the reality of the world we live in. It's not going to change overnight. So that's really helpful. The other thing that's been helpful for me is surrounding myself with women who are doing similar work recognizing there's a piece of the cake for everyone and that when we all join together we rise together mm-hmm. and a really big part has also been you know meeting you um and seeing your career and the way that you've been doing it and and this is like your career part too right outside yes. of of the the news that you did it's like all right well if amy could have an entirely different career and then pivot into this second career. And you're what, 15 years into this, Mm -hmm. you know, I won't even call it this version because there've been so many versions of what you've been doing. Mm -hmm. It shows me that it's a constant growth and evolution. And I just go back and I, I, it's like the best type of comparison. And I'm like, well, if Amy can do it, I can do it. And if this person you know, and yeah. memorizing can do it, then I can do it. And if that person can do it, I can do it too. And it is this, um, it's the best form of comparison because it's like, it's joining together as, as, a, as opposed to setting apart and really believing that I am where I need to be right now. And also recognizing that for me, a big part of who I am is having something outside of motherhood. I value motherhood and my role as a caregiver more than I ever have. But I also know that so much of who I am, I get so much value out of bringing other women together and and holding that space. And so I can't be me and who I want to be without that being an integral part. Yes. 
<clears throat> excuse me, I so agree with that. And what you said about seeing other examples has been so powerful for me as well. I mean, you've already mentioned the interview I did with Deborah Poneman so many years ago, which we will put in the show notes, one of the most popular podcast episodes I have ever done. And I think if you um, haven't been able to listen to that yet, the reason it's been so powerful is that she was that example for me. She was an example of someone who had a huge career, incredibly successful, and then decided, reevaluated her values when her daughter was born and stepped back from this enormously successful career and reminded herself through that time that my dharma will wait for me and Mm -hmm. really uh, struggled at times with that loss of identity, really struggled with this sense of, oh, my God, am I ever going to catch up again? And did, of course, stepped back onto the stage after her children were older and, and stepped back bigger and better and stronger than ever. I think it's such a beautiful example of what happens when we talk to each other and we share our truths with each other because our culture, our workplaces, the way that we are brought up in our society is quick, hurry up, it's a competition. If you don't get in there, someone's going to take your place And we're really given this nervous system programming that if I don't do this now, then I'm going to miss out and I'm not going to be able to get it back and someone else is going to take my place and I better hurry up. And that is what pushes us to feel like we can't step back. It's a scarcity mindset. Oh, 100%. And it's awful because Mm -hmm. it's not what our body is telling us. Our body is saying rest a little. You've just had a baby. You're still waking up in the middle of the night three years later. You know that your your body and your heart is asking you to do something else, but our mind and our culture is like, oh, but if you step back now, you'll never catch up, which we also know that, you, you know, it does have a huge effect on our career. But it's this coming back to ourselves and this time, and I also hear in the way that both of you and I are speaking about this, this level of trust, I trust that I will get there. I will trust that the timing will work. I trust my body. I trust the conversations I'm having with my partner. There's also this level of trust and surrender we have to find, isn't there? Yeah, and it is probably the hardest part, I would say. Um, certainly, <laughs> <Me too. laughs> you and I both, right? Um, and, and it is a, a constant, it's a skill. It's a muscle that like needs to be worked out. Like you have to learn how to do it and then practice it. And there is, I, I love social media for the sense of we get so much more exposure to other women and, and people that we may never have come in contact with than ever before and great ideas. Um, I also hear from the women that I work with, it's a constant source of stress because they're like, well, I see this other person that I went through this training program with and they're doing this and I can barely manage to write an email newsletter, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's not about the comparison. It's about trusting that you are where you need to be. And so it's like, what do you, and this is the question I ask myself, what do I need to see, to feel in order to trust that I am where I am meant to be? Mm -hmm. And I also constantly go back to, I couldn't do the things I do today without having gone through the steps that I've gone through. And those have all taken time. And it's not a quick snap of the fingers. I'm a 
expert in A, B, and C, or I know all the answers. It's it's a constant evolution of of who I am. And listen, I I I'd like to think somebody asked me the other day, like, "Will do? Will we ever have it all figured out?" And I was like, um, I'm going to on a limb and say, I don't think I personally will ever have all of the answers. And I don't think we're meant to because we're always changing and our environment is changing and the people we interact with are changing and the situations are changing. And so it's like the best thing that we can do is learn to trust ourselves, learn to Mm -hmm. trust in in the process, learn to really believe that we have everything within us to move in the direction that we want to. And only then do we have the level of resiliency and belief in ourselves that we need to release some of that control? Yeah, I love that. I, I hope I never have it all figured out because I think that'll mean that mm. I'm, it's the end. <laughs> I think that would be pretty I'm, boring. Yes, I've either stopped growing or my time on earth is over. Um, I think, but like you, I've found that very hard to accept. I also think one last thing, let's reflect on this before we finish up. I also have seen so often um, with the women in Mama Rising and within all the different work that I've done over the years that especially in a season of deep, intensive parenting, you know, maybe a couple of kids as toddlers, um, a season of really one cold, one illness after another, you know, those times we've all been through them where you just feel like motherhood is this constant wave that keeps rolling over you and just as you catch your breath oh there's another one I really feel that it's very important for um even in those times where you feel like you are drowning a little that you have one small tiny thing that you are still watering for yourself as if there is a little seed deep 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 down in the earth that is the seed of your vision your work your future whatever it is there needs to be something in that season that is the watering, even if it's just a visualisation of what it will look like one day that you write down in your journal, even if it is listening to a podcast for three minutes a day and it takes you a whole two weeks to finish an hour-long podcast, there has to be something, doesn't there, in that season that allows her to feel like there is more And it will come, it's there, it's planted very deeply right now, but it's there and it's for me, it's coming. I know that that was such a lifeline for me in so many of those seasons of intensive mothering. Um, And and I would love to hear your thoughts on how important that is as well. I I could feel the the concept of like the tidal wave as you were describing it. I'm like, I know that feeling. I know yeah. that feeling. Um, yes, I, I, I've quite literally just gotten into gardening, <laughs> having moved out, you know, a bit to the to the country, and so I am really so much more in tune with that concept of digging a hole and planting something and waiting and waiting and watering and going outside every day being like, did it bloom yet? Did it bloom yet? Has it sprouted? Like what's going on? <laughs> um, and, and also recognizing, like, I've literally been thinking, well, well, what happens to the flower at the end of spring or summer? Like, is this a, is it a perennial? Is it going to come back next year? Is it done forever? Do I have to plant a new one next year? Like wow. what happens, which this is the first time I'm, reflecting on this so so 
out loud, but it's taught me a lot of patience and it's taught me a lot of like, you have to, well, for me, it's, it's getting comfortable with the unknown and knowing, uh, not so literally with the flower thing. I'm like Googling like crazy. I'm like, I just want to know <laughs> if I will have flowers again next spring. Um, but for me personally, it is, yes, I can have that dream, that vision. And it's almost like, the, like casting like a fishing rod out with that dream and having the line there and just mm-hmm. tugging on it every now and then and knowing like, okay, the, the hook is still, it's still out there. The, mm-hmm. like the bait is still out there, whatever it is, I can yank on it when I want to, or when I really need to, but maybe it makes more sense to like sit and, and let the fish come to it. Um, and being able to really allow the calmness, allow the, the pause, the rest, the, um, again, it just comes down to that belief that like, it will all come. It will come because I have everything within me to make it happen. And every conversation I have along the way, every person that I meet, every place that I work, every new little skill that I get, whether it's in a workplace or because I'm a mother, those are all things that get me closer to that big picture, to that big dream. And I look at it and I'm like, does it make a difference if I reach it tomorrow versus five years from now versus 15 years from now? And to me, all I can think is, well, I'll be a lot better on Oprah probably in 15 years than I would be tomorrow. So this can only be a good thing. (laughs) I love that ambition. That's amazing. Absolutely. I think there's this in the end, it's hard to cultivate, but if you can find a way to just know you'll get there. You'll get there. If mm-hmm. it's meant to be, you'll get there. I remember saying to my beautiful friend, Lisa Kordoff, when I first heard the word matrescence, like maybe two or three weeks after I first heard the word, and I discovered the work of Dr. Orly Athen at Columbia University, and I said to Lisa, I'm going to get there one day. I don't know if it's going to take me five months or five years, but I'll get there and I'll speak to her about it because I just know this is what I'm here for. Oh, I've got goosebumps saying that. And I was there much faster than I thought I would. I was there within a couple of months, but it was this knowing of, I don't care how long it takes me. I don't care how long it takes me. I know that this is what I'm going to do. And so, yes, in seasons of deep, intensive mothering, it is hard to remember that. But if we can somehow come back to that inner knowing that if it's meant to be, it will be, I will get there. I don't need to have that scarcity mindset. It's not a competition. Surround yourself with women who support you and celebrate you and remind you that it is all good. We will get there together. Yeah, that's how we do it at the moment. Yeah, we do it together. We sure do. Thank you so much. I've loved this conversation as always and your beautiful insights and honesty and all that you share both in our training and with the world. Thank you, beautiful. Thanks, Amy. So everybody, please jump on the website, amytaylorkabaz.com forward slash podcast and send us one of your questions. The coaching trainers and and myself would love to answer them. And please share this episode far and wide with all of your mama friends who are also wondering how the hell do we do this? Until next week. Thank you, everybody. That nam.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.